Welcome back to an all-new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast, where it's always Annihilation of the Wicked. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. This is going to be an interesting week. We've posted our most controversial question to date. Really looking forward to talking about it. Lots of people, including myself, and mostly myself, have a lot to say about this. But um, what about you, Dan? How has your week been? It's been a chaotic week. A week full of great stories, great headlines. Uh, returning of some musicians. Uh, we're going back in time with this album review. Not so that far back in time as a retro review, but start of the year because we've um, found out that there's an album we missed which was rated as number one by a lot of fans on a certain metal publication. So we thought, hey, why not us listen to it? The album's called Emperor of the Sand, the band Mastodon, number one. So far, 2017, as the heavy metal record, a band doesn't even want to consider themselves a heavy metal band. Oh, is that but what do we have to say about it? Because I know everyone's been thinking about, you know, what we have to say about it. We're also going to talk about an older article, but we thought we gave it enough time now for people to join it. The problem with heavy metal is the heavy metal fans, right? Interesting premise there, so we're going to talk about that. But first, let's head on to the news. All right, let's take it right from the top of the news, and we're talking about Ivan Moody. Now, he's the guy from Five Finger Death Punch. Well, currently he's uh, in rehab, apparently, right now. The uh, singer who had some, he had at least three or four outbursts that I heard of, and at the end of it, he didn't even come out to the shades, or he did, did he come out and then he just did one song or two songs and, and abruptly left? Yeah, pretty much that. He, he had onstage meltdowns, which is the worst type of meltdown you can have. The best type of meltdown is the one where they pour cheese over like chips and meat. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But these meltdowns are terrible. And he wants to come back as soon as August. He's only been out of the game probably for about two months or so. And he wants to get back into like this stressful situation of fronting a band as soon as that. I don't know, man. Just uh, it's a bit of a catastrophe. No, I think... Well, that's the thing. Like he wants to come back to the band, but surely the band must be... All right. Mitch is like a domestic violence victim. It's like, all right, by the fifth time, you're out of the relationship, right? Like, surely, how many times can this band be battered and bruised before they finally admit to themselves that, you know what, I'm sick of taking this. I deserve a better man in my life and uh, move on to, uh, I guess, Tinder like most uh, single people do. Yeah, he should change his name for like, I guess his name is Ivan Moody. So he's just living up to like his name. (laughs) Maybe change his name to Ivan the Incredible. And then uh, Ivan, Ivan level-headed is probably going to be enough, really. Uh, Ivan not going to leave the stage. So yeah, it works already. Um, yeah, look, uh, ch- change the name or uh, you're going to have to change your band. That's our whole entire uh, thing with <laughs> just, that. Just don't answer the door anymore when he rings. Oh, guys, so I have a band practice. Nah, nah, this is different. This is a four-finger death punch. Yeah, no, we're different. We're talking about Corey Taylor right now. What does Corey Taylor think? Apparently, the meme that was going out, what does Corey Taylor think? Because I don't know if you know this lately, but we've had him a lot on this show. And so much that apparently now he has his own meme because he has an opinion and a very strong opinion on, let's think about anything. Honestly, if we talked about having a poo, he'd be yelling at me that sing on the cro- uh, toilet bowl incorrectly and he would go on a diatribe for 15 minutes and then obviously like call out Nickelback for being gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you, the way you take craps the same way KFC takes craps. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but you read the article and Corey Taylor comes out and says, oh, you know, people keep asking for my opinion, so I, I oblige. He says, it's not like I'm going out there and throwing my opinion willy-nilly. But he says that, but then he's writing another book about him giving opinions out. So I just don't, I think he hasn't really um, done the logic behind his argument yet. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. But um, at the end of the day, at least Corey Taylor realizes that I think he probably has been going up too much. But like you're saying, you develop a pretty thick skin. Um, the metal community, like we like to obviously, 
you know, express ourselves in the most loudest and uh, most uh, vitriolic way possible. And so do other fans in response to that. And that's, I guess, what's uh, the platform for saying what you want can uh, can work for you, you know? And um, well, there you go. And I guess it has worked for him because, I mean, he's in Slipknot and we're here in my uh, humble mansion right now speaking three forty yeah. million dollar gold mics. <laughs> Wait, keep it down. Jeez, we're trying to do our podcast. Oh, man. No, I don't want Chardonnay now. J- Jesus doesn't shut up, man. I mean, that's how we've got technology here to bring him back to life and it just doesn't, sh- it doesn't stop, man. But, uh, you know, you know the guy, Gary Holt down from Exodus? Still hates yeah. the Kardashians. Yeah. He hates them so much. He got a shirt made up. Now, he didn't really put a lot of effort into his shirt. It's just pretty much, I hate Kardashians in clear white, like, aerial font. No, it was Kill the Kardashians. Kill the Kardashians. Yeah. Sorry, in clear white aerial font on a black shirt. Pretty, probably the cheapest shirt you could make and buy. But guess message across. Well, and why did he write, Dan, Kill the Kardashians on his shirt? What gave him the reason Alex is the show to wear that shirt. Oh, he just has really bad eyebrows and he's really upset that Kim has really nice eyebrows. No, because oh. isn't one of the Kardashians, they actually do like um, managing of your wardrobe. Oh, yeah. That's funny how Kim Kardashian started. She was a, a cupboard organizer. Oh, yeah. That, that, that is just, that must be like the most simplest of, fr- that's not a real job. No. Nah. Well, that's what someone fills in on the unemployment um, papers so they, they can pretend they can get a, a benefits from yeah. the like a rebate from the government. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's basically doing nothing. I'd imagine it's like it's paid the same as drinking water or you know like um, or breathing. Like it's just I mean, how much, a nothing job. But how much trouble do you have with your closet? It's like oh, I've been using the pants hangers to hang up my shirts. And a shirt hangs paint my pants. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't you don't put your your uh, shoes on on a tie rack, silly. Oh well, thanks, Kardashians. What would we do without you? But like he's coming out because basically he believes uh, that the Kardashians pretty much do nothing in society and get paid a lot of money, and they also wear his shirt. Yeah, so he's pretty pissed off about that. I actually didn't really mention about his shirt thing, but just pissed off that people can get rich like stupid rich and they contribute nothing to society i mean look at her stepsisters the jenna girls who were trying to release their face on proper band shirts and they thought that was acceptable i mean these guys are just oh, well, it's interesting because he, he came out and said he didn't hate caitlin jenner but apart from the transvestite thing oh he, he was or she was a um a, an athlete at one point before he- yeah bruce jenner that's what bill burr found so hard because this guy was my hero he was on like the cereal boxes growing up this guy was a champion <laughs> And then, but like, like the guy from Exodus, Mr. Holt here said, he doesn't care that you know he's transgender or lesbian. I don't, he's, I don't give a shit about that. But what he finds funny is that he's like this Caitlyn Jenner is like a massive Republican, which doesn't like people like you. So you're like, well, don't you realize that what you're doing is just shitting in your own like community, basically? Yeah, it's like don't shit what you eat. And right now she's at a buffet, just taking a massive dump on the Chinese section. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Actually, there must be something clever. Maybe like the um, the German section, all the like the sausages. Oh, it's yeah. gross. They look, kind of look like a turd sometimes, hey. man. Oh man. What about Joe Lynn Turner? He's taking aim at Richie Blackmore. He is still bitter yeah. that he wasn't on the Rainbow Tour. And to be honest, I can see why. I mean, Richie Blackmore, the prolific, most notorious guitarist of anyone's generation, like he's just one of the greatest things alive right now. Is 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 basically Jimmy Page, but better, but with far less rec- recognition, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah. So anyway, Richie Blackmore had a re reunion tour without any of the members from Rainbow, and decided to call it Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. All right. 
Yeah. I, and, and at that gig, he played Deep Purple songs. I know, it seems yeah. pretty trivial. That's how crazy the story is. <laughs> he can't make up the shit. <laughs> um, and Jolene Turner was pissed he didn't get to sing any uh, songs like Smoke on the Water, maybe. I don't know. They're <laughs> <laughs> not even your songs. They only did like two Rainbow songs that he's part of. It was like they did his back catalog. Yeah, yeah, so he missed out singing what, Since You've Been Gone was one of them? Yeah, that and I Surrender. Yeah, and maybe Spotlight Kid as well. But Joe Linton had a lot to say. Um, he was very disrespected, and he wanted to see that Rainbow reunion. Uh, is it, obviously it can't happen. He's got Ronnie Romero. He's got you yeah. know the clone of um, Ronnie James Dio. They took his um, you know his hair, Ronnie James Dio's hair, and put it in a bat. Put some <laughs> guitar leads in there, and presto, you got yourself a, a singer, right? Yeah, it seemed that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh come on, his name's Ronnie. He's kind of like a black version, so obviously it was like really old DNA. Yeah. But um, <laughs> DNA nonetheless, and he's a good singer. Like I don't yeah. think he would substitute him for uh, Jolene Turner. Uh, exactly right. Normally, like when people go through grief, there's those five stages of grief. Normally, anger is the first one, and you kind of get past anger. But I don't think Jolene. Turner's over the anger part yet. He's no. still sticking on that ledge. Doesn't want to climb the next step up to for happiness. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I'd love to see that reunion of actual like members from that band doing a nod and salute, but the fans don't care. They really wanted to see Ronnie Jan- um, Roger Blackmore play. And because he's announced more gigs, maybe they will see actual Rainbow songs next time. We'll never know because we're not going to go see it. Oh, I'm not going to Europe again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 200 bucks for a ticket, but when you think of, when you take an airplane and like you know therapy bills, it's uh, quite expensive. That's how they get you. We're talking about Arch Enemy now. Can you believe they released two songs in the same week? Well, one was a cover, so we don't have to talk oh. about that pile of crap. And it wasn't a very good cover, by the way. But the second one was came with a film clip and everything, man. Our boys in it, Jeff Loomis, they're standing, playing guitars. It's a metal film clip. It's a metal film clip, man. And yeah. Dan, when you hear the music, I cannot tell you how unbelievably underwhelmed I was with that whole track. It kind of sucks. It's pretty It's pretty interesting. Like... <laughs> <laughs> How diplomatic. It's like telling starving children in Africa, yep, you've got no food. <laughs> yeah, I see what you've done there. Yeah. I mean, it starts with all them like looking at the world and the whole about like take the world and grab a top thing, but it's very yeah, underwhelming. Even like the, the, the song is about that, take the world as it is, but it's set in like a black warehouse, big spotlights. Well, well you know, look, you the, really the, the film clip is, is a metal film clip, yeah, right? Yeah, and that's there. fine. But the promise was that there would be a, a there would be like a strong distinct smell of Jeff Loomis. Isn't that what the quote was from the drummer? Like you could, like, you know, it was like a real thing. Dude, it, it smells like um, a faint musk being drowned out by like piss and vinegar. Like, sure, there's a little bit of Dolce Gabbana there that you can get a slight whiff of, but... Is that what he wears? Is it, Matt? You know this, do you? Well, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> being a Jeff Loomis fan, you need to know these things, right? Smart, smart, so when you meet him and you can do uncomfortable conversations, like, dude... I know you're not wearing that red underwear anymore. Do you like wear the blue one now because they're writing your songs? Hello? <laughs> um, but this is the problem. It's like we were promised that this thing would reek and the guitar solos are ridiculous. Well, he he he's in the, he does do a solo and you do see him on the film clip doing a solo. So yeah. is that the whiff? You know? Yeah, that's the whiff. It's kind of like a fart. It's like, beep, like oh, that was that's Jeff, but like <laughs> not a good one, like from Cindy Crawford, not from like oh, Cindy Crawford's dog. Actually, would that be cool? No. Anyway, um, look, I just can't believe how just the riff, when you hear the very intro riff, you're just kind of like, oh, this is this is Arch Enemy. And it's not that cohesion between one of the best prolific songwriters of our old time meeting uh, Michael Ammon or whatever his name is now, the other Ammon brother that's still there. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. 
Um, I think we should definitely review this album when it comes out. The only problem is I don't know how unbiased you could be regarding it, Matt. So. No, just listen to Super Mario Brothers, Dan, because I'll be like, betrayal, <laughs> betrayal, I cry. Well, you can't say betrayal because Jeff's too busy betraying. Yeah, exactly. More he's like, doing exactly what he wants. He's getting he's the packet. Like, you, you'd be like Darren Hinch, just shame, shame, shame. That's what I'm saying, shame. They, they agree on the track that Alyssa Gloss does fit. Now, all the fans, to a degree, believe that she is the right fit for the band, but everyone on the comment section agrees to uh, the response one saying that Jeff is being underutilized and he just really is. I mean, you just know if you could imagine, right? For you, those who, you know, or you go now to YouTube and listen to the song, the obsidian conspiracy, right? You know, one of the best songs of the last album they did with Nevermore, right? And it is the best song of the last album to be honest. Combine that with Nemesis, right, from Arch Enemy, right? And you could think of those two songs, and they're some of the highest songwriting these guys can do at a really intense thing. Could you imagine if you would put the best of those songs together, what you might have gotten, right? Uh, probably anything from Symphony X, I'm guessing. Oh, <laughs> there he did it! Probably a Nevermore song, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah. that's the problem, and that's what fans were hoping for, but they were never promised that. Like That's why we're not too upset, because we were warned about this quite a long time ago. Um, so when it does come out, we will review it, but yeah, it's pretty metting, you know, like that meh, like, uh, yeah, uh, H. Like, literally, I'm saying like a H about <laughs> right now, you know, but yeah. Uh, Infowars, uh, they slam past new song, Goodnight Alt-Right. So Paul Watson, now if you don't know who Paul Watson is, he's a journalist, right? Now this guy has some pretty wacky sayings. I think he could be entertained from what he says, but generally he's... He's pretty right-leaning. I think he's leaning so far to the right that he's broken the fence and now he's going off to China. It's pretty much the way he goes, right? It's very much like a shock jock kind of thing. Has some interesting things about um, political correctness, but then he talks about you know, climate change and that and just saying how you can't make money out of it, so it's a bad thing, and that's kind of his thing. I've seen enough Paul Watson to know uh, where I stand with the guy anyway. I might just ignore him then. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he, look, he, he, even even it's like watching a train wreck. Like, you have to watch it, even if you know that people are going to probably be dead off of it, and you have to... But you have to watch it. Um, now, what did you think of the song, Danny? Good night, all right? Nah, it's pretty it's pretty average. It's just like that OTEP song where the thing... Oh, just because it's, it's controversial and in air quotes, say it has to be a good song, but unfortunately, it's not. It's just a very average song. Now, the... The article actually puts to a good, um, no, it puts up a point which I had to take issue with. And it says here that uh, Watson's followers must have been convinced by his saying because they've gone to the track and it's received 13,000 dislikes to the 2,000 likes. Now, that's a fair fair assumption, isn't it? It's kind of like saying that... um, uh, that a climate change is due to penguins not fighting enough or fighting too much. Like, how do you know that? How do they know that literally those fifteen, those 13,000 dislikes were made by one community? Why does the people just think the song sucks? Well, that number's jumped up a lot since then. In six days, after this video clip got pulled down, pulled back up again, in six days, it's already had like 260,000 like plays like 40,000 dislikes and 5,000 likes. Yeah. So and what I'm saying, I'm not saying that like none of those are, are done from like, you know, Paul Watson's not responsible for that at all. But it's just an interesting point that I'm just trying to make here that's uh, to know the motivations. Like, dude, I think uh, this writer should get out of writing for metal magazines and do the lottery. Like if you, if you can have that kind of foresight to know the motivations of people, then motivations are pulling numbers. Dude, you're in the wrong bank game. And then he can come over to Super Metal Brothers and get us a new apartment. Just Sweet. Hey, no, we've already got a mansion. 
Don't I imagine, know, right, we don't need a lottery. <laughs> we should have our own lottery. Ah. <laughs> um, Dream Theatre, they actually had an interview with Heavy Metal Mag. You would know them as the online magazine here in Melbourne. Isn't that right, Danny? Oh, so in Australia. Yeah, All right, but... we're going to say Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, okay. they interviewed the one James Labrie. I'm sure they tried to get uh, someone else like, uh, I don't know, uh, John Petrucci. But, you know, he's probably busy doing uh, flexes or, you know, probably trying to practice. Because if he doesn't practice, he'll probably die like speed, yeah. you know. If he's not doing literally licks at 300 BPMs, he's probably going to, like, cry and, and just pass out. Yeah, I think his actual what will happen if he stops playing his hands will, like, freeze. Because, yeah. no, no, that's it. You've played enough. I want to break. Just like in movies when people... When they give out all the relevant information, that's when they die. Yeah. If, if they just keep talking, they won't die. I reckon his hands from another planet. It's come here to fulfill a mission. If it doesn't do it, it dies. Uh-huh. So like, yeah. it just keeps moving. <laughs> yeah, it has to grow your momentum. <laughs> if, I don't, if I stop, I die. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So this is the thing. They talked about the new set that they're doing here in Australia. Now they wanted to do more, but apparently due to time constraints, because they're doing so many places as well in Asia and Indonesia and stuff like that, they could only afford the two. I would probably say it's probably smart for you guys only to do two. But then you hear about what the um, set lists are. Two set lists, two and a half hours of music. First set list is their best songs. Uh, anything before the last album, I'd imagine. Or no, anything bef- anything over and around. Uh, it's hard, man. They, they released a couple of crap albums. And um, the second part, though, is they're doing a whole entire Images and Words album from start to finish. What a treat for the fans, man. Two and a half hours of anything can get... Could you imagine doing anything for two and a half hours, Danny? Like, let alone sleeping. Could you imagine doing anything else? No. That's that's a lot of dedication. Video games can come close. Eating? I could probably eat for two and a half hours. No, I'll be I'll be doing it for 20 minutes and then I'm getting bored. I mean, yeah. the, the one thing they do is they... I had a friend of mine, they went to that really expensive restaurant. And what they do, they pair your drinks with meals. And for Ugh. 200 bucks, you literally can have your chicken... With like a wine, it's oh brilliant. Who would have thought of that, oh, right? But if I'm paying two hundred bucks, I expect to like sleep over that place. So that's why it'll take me two and a half hours. Yeah, but at the end of the day, all you can say really is that uh, if you are in Melbourne and Sydney, you've got to check it out and let us know what you think of the concert because um, I can't go there again. I went to see Flesh God in Sydney, and uh, man, going over, going into states is expensive, man. Like planes these days, are like. Phew. Like, can you just do it? No, you want to do it cheaper because you get Tiger Airlines and then just be like, oh, just cancel yeah. it. Or Air Asian, your engine starts falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> is that a problem? No, no, it's not a problem. You pay so. a dollar for a flight, won't even take off. Like, <laughs> man, where's my dollar, man? <laughs> yeah, how you even afford a petrol of this? Oh, yeah, about that. You see some guy like softening petrol like all the Qantas planes? Yeah. Can you believe Michael Paulson from Volbeat? This is profound stuff, dude. Like, I don't know if you remember, but we reviewed Pop Volbeat's last album they've done, I Seal the Deal on Let's Boogie. Now, this guy is full of wisdom, and right now he's come out and said, that every band member in Volbeat is very important. Yeah, someone's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite, quite the uh, the uplifting story for you guys. You know, before you go out on show, like you're all important, except the bass player. We know we could probably replace you. Yeah, actually, apparently they've just got a new bass player, but someone else is getting fired because no one comes out and says stuff like that without there being like a hidden meaning. I've yeah, ne- I've never heard like. Uh, Bruce Dixon come out and say, oh, everyone, I mean, it's so great, we're fantastic. It's like, you, you don't need to say it. But, yeah. yeah. It goes out saying, so you're right, it just seems a little bit weird, but I think they're talking about, actually, I think you're doing more diplomatically because they're talking about Rob uh, Cag- Cagliano. Now, he's apparently the guitarist that's been there for four and a half years, and he was talking to him up, saying how he likes it, but then I must have felt bad, like the other guys have really low self-esteem, like teenage girls who don't know what that dress to wear for the prom, and yeah. then he's like, no, 
they're all good members. I just really like this guy right now, but and then like the other guys are holding on the word because he knows he went back to band practice and be like, "Hey, dude, what the what the hell, man? Yeah. Talking about Rich the whole time. What about me? I've been in the band longer than he has. You know, you yeah. just imagine it. It's true, that? and you'll be careful, especially with these like European guys. They all speak English anyway. So if you think you're clever, that like, oh, and I'll just speak in different language. Pfft, no chance. All right, and before we finish our news statement, I think then you want to talk a little bit about something before we get onto our editorial. Well, there's two. One is like, we'll start with a bit of sadness with that um, unfortunate accident which occurred in America with um adrenaline mob fronted by Russell Allen. Uh, fortunately, the uh, bass player, uh, actually the whole band and sound crew involved in an unfortunate car crash. Of all things, they pulled over the side of the road to fix a tire. At the same time, they did this a semi, I believe, like lost control or went wide and yeah. ran into the RV, unfortunately killing the bass player, which... um. Tragic news, you know, that's a shit way to go on tour doing what you love. So wish the family friends all the best there. Uh, Russell Allen came out and released statements saying he actually had to pull two guys out of like the RV, including Ugh. he got help from a military guy. So just tragic, man. They, those guys were in a bit of a tour, so that's yeah, postponed a tour, of course. So that's quite sad, of course. But um, yeah, but to, to put on a bit, a bit of positive note, uh, our metalhead of the week would go to um, the lead singer of Grim. Reaper, this poor gentleman, uh, he was doing a show in like South America last year, and he actually during the show, like you say, having a loose sore leg, he ended up going to um hospital, and they actually had to amputate his leg because oh. of a, a poor infection which um spread through. So this gentleman here is Steve Grimmett, who's the lead singer of Grim Reaper. We give him a um a salute for coming back on stage, in, of all things, in a wheelchair because he's now uh knee down on his right leg, it's lost so given credit and I think more, even more surprising he was part of a like Grim Reaper was part of a festival over the weekend and Australia's own, own Rose Tattoo was playing oh, how come they're still, still going still going yeah. the, the highlight of the joke that was the AFL Grand Final back in the day um, are now still, still still making waves so uh, man Australian rock and roll will just never die man it's just massive you know and it's uh, good for them hmm. alright let's head over to our editorial the problem with heavy metal is metalheads. None a title more provocative than that statement. It is literally going to elicit a response, no matter if you're as far to the left as you can possibly, or so far right that you're inventing crosses to try and burn. It's really an interesting point that we wanted to bring up today. It has been four years, or yeah, so even a little uh, bit three, shorter, so yeah. three years since the article was released. But that's why we wanted to talk about it now is that it came to our conscience again and we wanted to reflect on this article and its importance into the heavy metal uh, community, Danny. Yeah, definitely right. I mean, it's, it's funny because I say metal used to be a bit outbashed without what they could say, what they could do and feel like you know, everything is go, everything was fine. And unfortunately, like the last couple especially, we Bill had to starting to go down that path where we feel like we need to be censored. Well, here we go. And I wanted to, before we talk about how we can talk about this statement of, of the political correctness culture and heavy metal. I think what we need to go first is talk about the uh, change in video games and what will happen and um, Gamergate. So let's talk quickly about what that is. So Gamergate basically is really this uprising that happened uh, around 2014 um, because the fans caught wind that certain publications, like gaming publications, game developers, were coercing with game journalists. Um, this was started in 2007 where a game, uh, a game reviewer uh, for GameSpot got fired. Now, he got fired f- for giving Kane and Lynch a very low score. Now, the problem with that is that Kane and Lynch were sponsoring the website. 
the developers from that. So, and that didn't come out till a little bit later on. He was fired without knowing, but he would then come out in a statement. Um, a little bit later on, closer to now of the time around this article, a woman by the name of Zoe Quinn was um, caught having relationships with, and she was a game developer as well. She had depression quests, and she was having relationships with a game journalist. Um, and and that game journalist was giving the game quite high praise. Makes now, sense. this came to the media. This came to our attention because she cheated on her partner at the time. So, the partner came out with this whole entire letter that that went viral, you know, when it wasn't getting taken down on certain websites. The, why I wanted to bring this up, because it might just seem like irrelevant stuff, but what happened was that it forced the gaming journalists then to decide, do they honor... Them, their integrity and re and reevaluate themselves and change the system, or do they go after the fans? Because what happened was to both happened, right? Certain publications went, you know what? We're going to use our transparency now. We're going to tell you the people who come on our think pay and the gaming and stuff like that. Or some of them just refuse now to accept money from game developers if they're reviewing their product, right? But the other thing happened as well, where they turned, the woman, Zoe Quinn, then turned on the fans saying it was about guys giving her a hard time, misogyny, all that kind of stuff like that. And then that, in turn, obviously had, had an impact with the uh, celebrities. A guy by Alec Baldwin came out with the thing Gamergate, the hashtag, and that took it over. They had a name for their for their group because it was really leaderist. It was just a bunch of fans who just wanted their video games to be left alone, and they wanted to really give the people who deserve it, the light, and get rid of corruption because it, it, as soon as this happened, there was a whole bunch of media outlets that went and attacked the fans and it simultaneously different media publications were going after the gaming community saying the gamers were dead because of the online backlash that women received or this game developer Zoe Quinn received because it was about sex and that, but where it really wasn't, it was literally about the lack of transparency. So let's bring it now to this this article because it came around the same time when political correctness was hot. People were always talking about it. So Danny, what is this article about? Heavy metal, worst thing about it, metalheads. Yeah, the German does a whole article where, look, I understand where he's coming from. He, he feels like the word faggot, you know, which is a word as if you look at the South Park um, episode has been changed its definition nearly every 10 years. It has a different meaning. Even in a dictionary, it changes the yeah. definition. So it's like a legit chain definition. So that word is offensive to homosexuals. And in the heavy metal scene, they say it's very uh, exclu- uh, exclusive and that like the LGBT community doesn't really get let into the scene a lot. And he reckons terminology like that is keeping them from being accepted or because we used words like that so frivolously that... It means that we can be, um, it instills a hatred to them. Yeah. And the biggest point that I want to make right now is that where you, metal is, heavy metal is used to hearing from people on the outside knocking in, not knocking on the outside saying that it's bad. Now, it might be reasons because the whole, the Satan imagery is bad for kids, you know, or bad for religious things, or Mastodon having really attractive women dance around in their film clips, and that's triggering for yeah, feminists, yeah. you know. But, or you can't dance. You know, the Guardian, music. the Guardian was giving crap to them for having what for having oh. girls do exactly the same as what they're doing Beyonce film clips, right? Yeah. And it is right. Let's be honest. Have you seen a Nicki Minaj film clip? There's nothing different. Twerking women with underwear, like there is no difference. But it was apparently problematic when our, our boys that were reviewing later on did it, right? Yeah. But this was coming from the inside. This was political correctness coming from within the heavy metal community. 
this divided. And to be honest, I think at the end of the day, it caused what was known as Metal Gate because the community went up really against them. If you read the comment section, Danny, it's even homosexuals going, man, this guy's a faggot. Like yeah. literally calling this guy right. out with a negative yeah. slur that this guy was trying to defend the community that now this guy turning on him. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, again, I understand where he's coming from. He just wants to get negative connotations out of language but you, you just really you can't really do it it's too hard because like like people were saying the word faggot itself is like well it, it depends how you said if you try and be offensive or not but then at the same time is that well those people who are going to be offensive they're always going to be those type of people you're trying to change someone's whole structure now, i actually had to do a bit of research on where Ooh. faggot came from Ooh. now and the irony of this is delicious it's literally i found out where a good reason why the word faggot came to power, and that's because of these two transvestites called Blair White and Theron Meyer. Now, they have YouTube channels, and these were guys that transitioned fully into being women. They got boobs, and these these girls are friggin' hot. And this is the weirdest thing, man. Like, if you go to, like, those, like, Thailand or whatever, you're screwed because these girls are, like, smoking hot. But, you know, there you go. They transitioned well, and they came up with a reason why we use faggot. Now, in the 90s, there was this whole thing about girls who were had best friends as gay guys, right? Now, there was a certain type of characteristic with some of these gay guys where they would be very bratty and they'd be they'd talk a lot of crap behind people's back, very judgmental, very self-centered, basically women on their periods, right? <laughs> That's another debate now. <laughs> and um and they just put and they put a word to it. And it was faggot. You're being a faggot. You're being someone who isn't a cool person. You're being someone who's manipulating things. You're being someone who's um, narcissistic. You know, that's the whole point. So they were using a derogatory term, not not against gay people, but by a certain style of which to, to you know, like it's a defamation of character. It's like you know, giving shit to people because that's a dick thing to do, right? Now that's the way it is in society. Everyone can be made fun of, right? No one's above anything. We're not unless you're in identity politics, where it's like you had this hierarchy where. You know, these people can't get touched, but if you're a white man, then, you know, it's it's free course, right? So going back to the article, this is the biggest problem I have with it. It's obviously pretty much like uh, someone saying you can't say it because it's offending people's feelings. But this is coming from a, 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 a genre that talks about death, talks about suffering, murdering, um... Uh, what isn't talked about? Anti-religious anti Anti-religious. Anti-government, like heresy. And, yeah. Treachery, treason, all that stuff. All yeah. that stuff. And to, and when you hear someone in the metal uh, community saying, well, you can say all that, but you can't say this, it's kind of like, well, who the hell are you? You have now become a figure that now everyone can get around and hate because it's like you're now dividing a line what we can't do and can't say. This is the reason why people come to metal in the first place is that they haven't got a home to be themselves. You know, that's that's too, uh, uh, you can't say that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Because the mental health community just gets in the context that you can say kind of anything almost, but it's not taken within that seriously because it's done just for the sake of doing it, really. Mm. It is. Hard. Like he references two lead singers who've come out and used that word derogatively. And I'm like, well, that's that's them as people. I mean, you, to label the metal community because of that is a bit harsh. Those guys, they could just be jerks, and yeah. that's that's their problem. That's them. You got to talk to them about. But like they're saying, oh, that's a problem about Rob Halford and the guys from Cynic. They didn't want to come into the homosexuals, but now they have. So you just, for them to come out, it means that well, maybe times have changed. And this whole like homosexual bashing or 
uh, you know, we're trying to keep the LGBT community out of metal. Maybe that that was a story maybe 20 years ago. We had transvestites yeah. long before the, this even came up. We had the whole entire glam rock scene where guys yeah. were dressing up as chicks the whole time and yeah. no one bled an eyelid because everyone wanted the music to sound kick-ass. Yeah. You know? Um, like you said, when Rob Halford did come around being gay, it was fine. The cat and that were doing, where women way before having misogyny bring up as a problem. You know what I mean? It's These issues were never even a problem because people just didn't really care. Guys wearing makeup all the time, look at black metal for crying out loud. Yeah. You could even guess if these guys weren't even chicks. There's no way of knowing. I mean, these black metal guys have like studded bracelets and wear leather. And yeah. You think they've, they've just come out at the Mars bar or something. That's right. <laughs> like an S&M show, apparently. But it's S&M yeah. for Satan or something. You know what <laughs> I mean? They're taking Satan's penis or whatever. But that's the point. And this is why the article, I think, in itself, like you said, it goes for quite a long time. Hmm. But you just go, the comment section is way more fun and more engaging. And that, for me, is the metal community. Yeah. Because yeah. they all basically bar very few just go upwards and say, look, yeah, I'm gay. This guy's a faggot. Um, yeah, shut up, you faggot. Rah, rah. And they get it. They get exactly. And um, for him to try to protect the community that uh, doesn't want him to, to be protected to a degree, because some of them do, is an interesting premise. Yeah, I mean, the thing which I found interesting is well, he, he never, like, the author never referenced, like, song lyrics or songs which are very um, anti-gay. And I think, well, I mean, that not that the proof? The art is the proof of the pudding. Uh, what two guys say in their own time or out of me yeah sure they shouldn't say it. they should be they, they should, shouldn't say it but at the same time the lyric content which we're writing and it's been put out there I, I've never come across that as a lyrical content where people are like yeah I love this band because they're anti-gay I've never heard that as a thing so yeah let's talk about some of our fans that have mentioned some things that we should talk about um Andreas Lopez said closed minor and mono genre metal heads. So I think he's assuming that there are some of those in the community that are oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. Look, there it's is. A society. What there, do you want? There yeah. is a certain section of heavy metal which is far, far right, which are about, you know, you know, it's very much less than 1% I would imagine about you know, Ted Newton fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then you've also got, like I said, like I said majority. Uh, Josh Rigby, though, interesting, he calls bullshit on that. He said the media is targeting crap again. Society is full of uh, dickheads, not just one specific group, which is true. But he goes on to give examples like soccer hooligans are blamed for assault. You see it all the time. Adelaide, the Australian media, when it comes to football rights, they can't get enough of it. But you see some guys at the footy that they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, actually, no. Simon Hill did a good article about that. He goes like, in football as in soccer, uh, a couple of handful of guys get kicked out. The hooligans in the cricket, one Ashes match, there's like 170 guys get kicked out for um, being hooligans. But they're not called hooligans in cricket. They're called um. Uh, blokes being blokes type thing and then that's how they can they differentiate the two yeah um, sounds familiar there are always some bad eggs there are but that's the point of metal I think in the cell in the community is that you can just say whatever you want it's basically like a 4chan forum where people can just say whatever they want and do a degree they never meet with any malice or anything it's just an expression of a way of riving on people to actually be like a, a, basically a culture that is free for them to be themselves and I think that in itself is a true testament to where metal is. Um, and this article, for me, is pretty much saying, um, it's trying to give itself this moral high ground, but what it does is push itself straight off of the metal community and gives itself into this totalitarian thought police where it's like, you know, you can't say or do certain things anymore in the heavy metal crowd. And I'm like, that's not very metal. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Uh, again, I go back to South Park do things beautifully now. They did a whole episode dedicated towards this word and how people just say, no, no, you're not... You're a faggot. You know, you can be gay, but you, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're a faggot. A faggot's a faggot. Yeah, a faggot is a faggot. Exactly. Yeah. Gay people can be faggots. Straight people can yeah, be faggots. Yeah, you know, it's just it's, it's not related to homosexual. I don't understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah, you know, and it's like 
that's the thing. But this is what I want to talk about now is where it is right now. And the culture, to be honest, uh, in the metal uh, communities, from metal sucks to metal injection, that is very left-leaning now. We have mm. seen... Um, obviously Donald Trump now they can't stop making memes about him that which I think is fine because I really like heavy metal being about taking it to the man yeah. when Obama was in charge yeah, man it would be right. very hard pressed to find any memes uh, about his government even though he's decided that proxy wars are fine and we can bomb kids from you know th- 3 billion miles away and this is what metal was against you know it was about a government being two-faced you know what I mean but he was charismatic you know and this is what what's happening right now is the metal community right now is brought into characters and um, and this is the, this is it. You can tell right now that the landscape in heavy metal has changed, and political correctness right now is infiltrated in heavy metal. And right now, it's like here is an interesting point. It will now have to decide: do we now police ourselves, or does it divide now? Is there something that's going to happen that cuts it right off? Now, there was a middle gate to a degree when 2014, because when this happened, it was very much a very strong: no, we can't have that. Um, and right now, being a conservative government, it's pretty easy to make fun of that as well, both here and in, in America. But um, it's it's it, it, I, I wonder for the for the future of heavy metal now, with the way things are going. Like when the band coming out saying the truth against political greatness, will it have a chance to have a have a voice? Will we see, you know, heavy metal as a medium going forward? Or will we see like what happened to comic books with Marvel or um, with video games being politically correct and just seeing it die? Because if one thing political correctness does is destroy franchises. Well, it's like everything. When you start placating to the minorities, he, to you don't buy it. anything. You don't they buy just the, demand change. Yeah, yeah. And, and whinge, 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 whinge. Well, then you've just alienated all your fans and then... And that's the problem. You, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't keep everybody happy. And like, I know you want to keep people happy and not offend people, but yeah, people are gonna be offended by the color white. Yeah. You know? Um. The end of the day, the thing about it is that it doesn't give you freedom. It gives you rules, and eventually you will hit walls because you can't go outside of that without offending anyone. And eventually, it'll become the worst sin that art can ever do: become boring. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. People always need to be challenged, right? Um, we saw from Batman getting, uh, there was a the one with the Joker having uh, uh, Batgirl. That got so much heat that they pulled it. GDA got pulled for being offensive to a three whores that were complaining that it was, um, you know, some sort of like, you know, a bad thing against chicks. So they pulled it, but like you only get to kill one girl and even then you don't really kill it in the storyline. She kills herself. Um, and this is with Debbie Metal right now. It's like right now, it's going to be interesting to see what will be the pushing point, our pulling point for heavy metal we've seen it in other artistic mediums and I think this is going to be next and this was the start 2014 happened because of the gaming gate with Gamergate and it took literally the people who loved the industry to the people who wanted it to change for, for whatever reasons and, and they clashed and uh, heavy metal right now will be close next I reckon well yeah it's, it's hard the fans like you saw the comments these articles the fans are pretty strong against it yes but the problem is that it's these publications that if they don't push bands which are like I guess straight shooters or support bands like that, it's harder for those bands to succeed. But then again, with metal, it always comes down to the quality of music, and the fans will find out what's good. I'm seeing, and this is the thing which I think we should talk about: is I am seeing these metal publications not putting over things that are good anymore. They're putting over those Iraqi girls who, well, look, let's be honest, like they they're cool because they're playing covers, right? And that's good for equality, right? Then we had this whole thing with um, the assumption that people were leaving na- nasty comments on the band that we just reviewed just then. What was it called? Um, oh, that alt right. 
Yeah, exactly, that, yeah. exactly. There's kind of stuff like that as well. OTAP doesn't deserve anything, but they they're trying to try put this chick over like she's some sort of like speaker of the minority, but she's just singing shit over and getting she's it thrown bitch. back at her. Yeah, she, and she, the way she treats the middle community, she doesn't want to be a part of it because she doesn't understand it. We've talked about her too. So that's where I'm at. I'm just like, we can definitely tell that there's a pushback from fans. The fans are much, much smarter, much more in tune with the middle heavy metal uh, journalism. And I would love to see that change, but uh, it, for now, uh, we're complacent enough or at least happy enough to see that kind of stick to that medium until we see something change. Yeah. But I'm sure the legacy media, again, it might just crumble and fall because eventually, you know, people are going to tune off of it. Because if you see the way the fans are, they are demanding for best quality music out of it. And True. they will talk. And um, at the end of the day, I think those media outlets will walk because they need the fans. Well, yeah. And look, to be fair, it's easy journalism. You don't have to research shit. No. It's all based on thoughts and feelings. And that's just easy. Yeah. And that's what Axel Rotten Rosenberg has said. It's like they acknowledge that they have their biases on their sleeve and they wear it proudly. And to that, I say, as long as you're going to pull over the right middle band, which I, there should be made way more articles because like Arch Spear and um, uh, Evocation, all those bands that we've reviewed this year, and less about uh, bands that do shit all apart from speak up for uh, for progressive values and speak down against conservative. And I, you know what? And I'm I'm slightly left leaning, and I can't. And this is what we're doing. So anyway, we've talked about enough about that, I guess, Danny. Yes, it's a bad article. Read it for a laugh, and if you agree that uh, faggots uh, sh- shouldn't use it, then you probably are a faggot yourself. People <laughs> <laughs> should be out of music, man. All right, let's talk about the latest review of Mastodon's album. Mastodon, band that everyone knows of and have very strong reactions, whether you love it or you don't. They've released an album called Emperor of the Sun, and it has been voted so far, like on Loudwire, as Melbourne uh, Heavy Metal Album of the Year. But is it that good? Or even more important about being good, is it metal? Uh, well, this is the funny thing because you're right. Mastodon came out a couple of months ago. Says, "Oh yeah, we don't uh, actually." Go- in, in in the spirit of the last thing we reviewed, we don't. Uh, was it identify as heavy metal? Yeah, band? the bass player came out and said, and "I got actually the quote here. A lot of okay. times, for me personally, just having a metal tag itself seems kind of limiting on us because we have such an appreciation for all styles of music." And we incorporate bits and pieces into our songs, which metal does generally, right? It just there's, has a harder... T- it gives you a very big playground to play with. Well, there's a million subgenres, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's smart for him to say that because at the end yeah. of the day, you can then appeal to a market that hates metal because yep. they associate metal with, oh, I like this, yeah, but they go, bra, 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 yes. which Mastodon sometimes do. Especially when you get to radio play. Like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not metal. We're like yeah. uh, progressive, uh, uh, pres- not even hard rock. We're just progressive rock. But yeah. you go to Wikipedia and you see that, obviously, like progressive metal, sludge metal, alternative metal, stoner rock, experimental metal, grid metal, thrash metal. There. It's, it's all, all in it. Yeah, it's, it's all, all metal. It's all influences, but they got more singing than other metal bands like to do. And the distortion isn't as dark or as hip mm, yeah. as death metal. Post, like there's this whole post heavy metal thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't buy oh, it. That's all bullshit. Um, but again... These guys are from Atlanta. They're from Atlanta, Georgia. They're from 2000. And uh, it's got uh, a bunch of guys who can all sing as well as play their instruments. Yeah. And that's actually a very big tool they have. A bit of good tool in their arsenal they have. Because they're all three, three strong singers as well. All got good range, all got good um, abilities. and But they all got different tones, which yeah. really helps out with this song. Because when they change up from a bit heavy to rock into slow and soft or progressive, each singer can then jump in 
and either go with that style of music to like help reinforce it or actually go against it to help create like a bit of dichotomy. So it's quite, they got quite a lucky with those three singers. All right, so let's start off with the album that we like. Uh, at the end of the day, the, uh, the whole premise is, is this metal album of the year thus far? Generally now when fans vote for things or when these like certain metal magazines and that have these kind of pandering, it's normally like the minority that are very vocal about it. They all get together and they vote. Very young kids have got nothing else better to do apart from waste their parents' income on video games or masturbate. You know, they go on these websites and they, they type in their favorite band like Metallica, but Metallica didn't release an album. So what else starts with them? Yeah, well, Metallica didn't release an album. <laughs> really nice. Anyway... <laughs> But Mastodon got voted number one. And to be honest, generally I push very far away from the crowd because we've released a lot of good albums this year. But they might have a point with picking Mastodon as their number one favorite album, Danny. Yeah, it's actually funny because, um, yeah, I could actually see why this would be considered the number one album from, well, I'm, I'm called Metal Fans because, yeah, screw you. Metal. Uh, we're, we're, for, the, for the remainder of this section, we're going to consider this band a metal band, right? Okay. And we'll go into is this metal album later, but let's, well, for now, it's a yeah. metal band. No, I already consider that this is a band which you could see why a lot, because it's very accessible to a lot of people with different subgenres, and it goes a lot of different like age demographics because they've got yeah. like 80s stuff in here, like 90s, 2000s. So they, they, they cross a lot of subgenres in this album and a lot of decades so yeah and the drumming never pulls itself too far away from being offensive like where it's like yeah. that's too angry or that's too uh, angular or whatever and the riffs never go too far as to be that's pretty evil they can touch on some of those things though, times, but it never goes yeah. nothing ever goes overboard but it has a home in those spaces um now the thing about the album is that it's generally quite a cool vibe because not only are the tracks diverse but the the arrangement and stuff is is very much different. Like, it's different eclectic taste for people out there. Um, you've got your heavy songs, but generally you find that there's heavy sections to songs rather than being a heavy song. So they're much more about storyboarding their songs to incorporate the whole context of an album. In uh, saying that, though, I think like songs like Jaguar God is like a heavy track, you know, and they've got some very much an elements there that remind me of straight up metal, you know. Even though they go into that kind of like. Um, Oh, what's that band called? That progressive band that had the drummer from Thingawin. Oh, it's going to bug me. Um, sorry, I can't remember them right now. But like those progressive bands that kind of go happy and stuff. A little bit like early dream theater where it's like happy, but then they can kind of mix up with some dark metal like tunes, you know? Um, even like Word of the Wires, I think that's kind of more of a metal track itself. And the first song, Solson's Curse, is pretty much where uh, the album before it kind of left off, where it's like classic Mastodon, no real surprises or different curves and punches. It's pretty much taking off from their old material. Um, Daniel, what do you want to add to some of the highlights of this uh, tr album for you? Yeah, definitely. The riffs, um, definitely a big, big range of riffing. You ever get your, like, your slow, methodic stuff? Do you Protest the hero. Sorry, go on, Danny. Yeah, that's cool, sweet man. Yeah, it's really groovy stuff to really heavy stuff. It has, has a bit of everything, like I said, in it. Different genres all, all go together well. I think what's really good about this each song is that each song, the segments or section of the songs transition quite well. Yeah. So how they come into solos, out of solos, they come into like the slower sections, the high heavy sections. They um, incorporate things like chimes at times. Or like the piano, etc. All the different effects. It's a very strong good. thing to Mastodon's credit is the way they kind of story a song. Um, like you said, they naturally go in and to and fro riffs and and ideas quite naturally and organically, and they do it with certain riffs that wouldn't normally fit. Like a little bit like, like I just said, Process to Hero, where they'll have a riff next to another riff that isn't exactly 
makes sense, but it kind of works, you know? And I guess, again, Jaguar God being that number one example where it's like a really heavy riff to a really happy riff, but it shouldn't work, but it does uncannily, you know? Yeah, again, it helps, I think, because the two types of singers as well and they how they lay can actually help emphasize certain sections. Um, again, like you said, the drumming, it's pretty like, cool, classy, like rock drumming, I reckon, like more of the old like pacey stuff and purple. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's really cool. Like I thought the, the drumming did just enough, again, not to... Um, overpower guitar sex but also to come in and take control when need to so and and riffs again like the solos are quite nice um quite good melodies at times as well and it created a flow in like saying the story arc at times so and i thought like musicianship wise yeah great i mean it all and you got your classic uh, radio friendly songs like Show Yourself as well. Um, just straight up forward, you know, more Mastodon just going through. And they've done it you know, on the album before as well. Um, like the Curl of the Bell, that song. S- simple, put it early on the album, you know, very memorable, very catchy. Um, that's the thing with this band is like now I think fans have really come to know that this band is very good at throwing them different kind of styles and, and putting it all together. But it's much more interesting as well doing that. Um and for me, the thing is, I don't really like Mastodon until coming to this album, but now I'm starting to get why people like this band so much. Yeah. No, it's true. Like Again, I've, I've, I've only heard the last album. I thought the last album was good, like, cool, very rocking. Um, this album, yeah, I've, I really enjoy listening to the songs. The thing is, though, mm. let's talk. Should we bring up now what we, what we think, though, about this being a metal album? Before we go into, is this album great? Because it might not. Be. Actually, no. Let's not go there. Let's go talk about this album. Is it number one, Danny? Yes or no? Is this album should this album be number one? Yes or no? This far, seeing as what else we've reviewed this year. For me, no. But I could see for the masses, yes. Yes. Um, the thing now with Mastodon is, unfortunately, this album for me comes across with other Mastodon albums is that it's good writing, it's fun, it's lighthearted, but it doesn't have the passion that I love from heavy metal. And unfortunately, it falls short on my radar as being the number one album we reviewed so far because it's just the way it is. We are Super Metal Brothers and we love our songs to be quite a certain passion of something, like whether the vocals are just way too more intense and whatever. And I think this band is perfect for having your friends over for a barbecue or having a great time drinking, taking all sorts of legal drugs off of women who are getting paid to give you sexual pleasures. Hmm. It's pretty much great for that. Um, it doesn't exactly drive me to like the the gym to, to to smash out seven times my weight or anything like that. And I think that's what other albums for me kind of do something more than what they've done in the past albums, but also bring a certain you know a bit of oomph that we like from our heavy metal. Yeah, it's, it's true like that. It's you're right. It's not metal to like blast beats nah. and from technical stuff. I mean, that doesn't have to always be the case, of course. But you're right, there is something to this album, which I, I still haven't put my figure into why I don't love the album. Like, I thought it had good rocks, uh, good singing, good guitar playing, yeah, good beats, melody, etc. It has a lot of great elements, but I just can't, don't know why I don't love the album. And I, I, there's something I haven't figured out yet, and I need to figure it out, because it's actually bugging me. I think I think I should give this album a better higher rating, but I just, I can't say I love this album. I can't say it. Um, yeah, that's the same as me. It's it's a great album, though, and I can see why it can appeal to such a great fan base, and so many people can have it as not only just their favorite band, but a band that they really like, and they can connect with other metal musicians quite easily. Mm. And for that, I agree. It's such, and that might be the reason why it is unbiasedly heavy metal album of the year but you don't come to Super Metal Brothers for unbiased opinion you want to hear our opinion <laughs> yeah. and what we love about metal and what gets us going and um, 
And for me, look, the simple answer is it's just just not what I look for in a heavy metal album. Because generally, I need something to push over to a very strong emotion. And I think what these guys do is do great thing for telling a story that's kind of very cool, gives you an idea in your head. It's a nice journey. Um, it's it's good. That's no, very cool, and I love it. But I need to hear a very strong emotional sound. Very angry, very sad, very um, dark, and anything for me that's happy generally doesn't find a very long time my CD player. Um, but when these guys go dark, and they do go dark, like Word to the Wise and Roots Remain, have some really cool like minor sections. Um, it's really cool, and I love Show Yourself. I think that song's really fun. I, I think it's like really catchy, and I was sing I sing it for days. Um, and classic Soldan's Curse, where it's their original, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trademark track where it shows you how much they are influenced by heavy metal, and it's like unapologetically so. You know, it really does feel like a thrash song yeah. with um, clean vocals. Uh, you see, at the end of Andromeda, he goes full like black metal with his like singing. He gets that like, real dark, raspy, raspy screech yeah. type thing to his feel, and he gets like again the minor parts of the song. Yeah. So, it is yeah. for me though an album that people should transition to first. If you're a Mastodon fan or you've never heard Mastodon, well, if you're a Mastodon fan, you have to buy the album because it is a great album. Uh, if you're not a Mastodon fan, I'd recommend this album first and foremost. But I can see. Look, they get a band that gets a great reaction either way, and uh, unfortunately for me, I'd love to be the bigger fan of this band, but it's just the way we are. Um, but we can definitely recommend it to you guys. Do we put this in the heavy metal category? Because if it's going to make our list at the end of the year, these guys have to be a heavy metal band. They don't want to be classified in a heavy metal band, but do we do it anyway? Uh, look, this album, I would have to say it's, yeah, I would say 55% heavy metal, 45% hard rock. Yeah. So I'll have to say it's it's falling in more so heavy metal. Yeah. Maybe some other albums, maybe not, but this one here, man, it's, there's too many tones and there's too many references to heavy metal genres and music for it not to be considered heavy metal. Yeah. Their influence for me mostly come from that style and they do bring other elements to help pull it away from it, but its home really is heavy metal. And if you're going to rip off... Um, Black Sabbath's Children of the Grave for your last mm. track, then no, you're a heavy metal band. If you're going to blatantly rip off one of our forefathers of heavy metal, then you're going to get lumped in there. And I understand why you want to pull away from it. Hell, it would be in a very attractive premise from anyone in the scene to appeal to the younger audience by not being into heavy metal. Um, even I was reading an article with um, Danny Filth saying how hard it is for an extreme metal band to make it. And they consider themselves in that higher echelon and they're still sometimes struggling to make a decent wage out of it. So mm. it's a smart move to do. However, I think their home would be playing a, a sound wave or a Hellfest over a download festival, I think. Wait, isn't download or Oh, sorry. A, um, uh, sorry, uh, Future Music or something. Oh, like, like you know what I mean? Berry, where fuck you know what I mean? Like, it's just the way it is, you know? Or, or like Day at the Green, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're not going to be a heavy metal band. Then. Well, they, they did play a sound wave, so yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. That's their home. I think their home anyway is... Hellfest and that kind of stuff like that and, and grass pop yeah. and it's 70,000 tons of metal with that ship, that boat which yeah. I really want oh, to be on one day yeah apparently this like Australia is doing one of those type of things but more like the old classic like rock bands like what um, yeah it's not metal though but you got like Baby Animals and like Screamy Jets and stuff. Baby Animals are sick yeah and they got a double beat they got a double kick and, double a, kick, on a, on and a they radio. got a really freaking hot vocalist yeah, it's good but stuff. their songs are really really good 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway. we're talking about Mastodon right now. So we're going to have to classify them as a metal band. So it's just the way it is. Um, I know they don't want it. And I was really thinking we should just respect the band's wishes. It's like, okay, guys, if you don't want to be it, that's cool. It's kind of like, you know, asking them to, to play tennis with us. Like, dude, now I feel like it's kind of like rape because we like bring them on the court yeah, and like put the tennis racket in their hand. Like, you will play tennis. You yeah, know? there's only one person out of a band. That's, he's a minority, so I don't believe him. Um, yeah, exactly. He might not speak for the rest of them. Um, that's the way it is, but yeah, they are a metal band. Or this album is a metal album. Um, it so far is a 2017 best of, and we highly recommend it. Yes, yes, we do. That's even if you're not a metalhead, it's such a it's, yeah, it's a recommendation. Yeah, good, yeah. a good way to get into metal too. I mean, if you love, you can show this best album to anyone, and they'll be like, dude, like if you love that, then listen to this. You know what I mean? It's it's perfect, and um, it's cool. Hey, look, at the end of the day, if it does win it. Good for them, right? But if it doesn't, because it might not on our list, hey, they'll be cool with it too. Yeah. I guess with that, we're at to the end of our show. Um, we want to talk to Danny. Yep. And in the words of Master Don, I've fallen into a pile of lies. Oh, I'm sorry, I started again. In the words of Master Don, <laughs> I've fallen into a pit of lies. I try to dig around the other side, and much to my surprise, I was to blame for all the rain. I'm Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We have been the Super Metal Brothers. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week.